0: Welcome to a new episode of Time to Shine. This is your host, Oscar Santolaya. Time to Shine presents you interviews with successful public speakers who share their experience and secrets with you in a weekly podcast. Hello and thank you for joining today. We are back with a very interesting topic, very practical. It's about how to handle Q and A sessions, and for that, let me introduce you my special guest today. Adam Tuffnell is a motivational, leadership, and keynote speaker from the UK. Throughout his 20 years sailing career, Adam Tuffnell's has sailed in some of the most hostile environments on the planet, ranging from the freezing wilderness of the Southern Ocean through the debilitating humidity of the tropics. As a graduate in psychology and philosophy and an accomplished sailor, Adam has unique insight into the practical applications of effective leadership and team development within the challenging environments of open water and the corporate office. Hello, Adam.
1: Hi, Oscar. How are you?
0: I'm very good, Sam. I'm really willing to start a conversation with you.
1: Fantastic.
0: <laughs> Adam, could you start telling us a bit more about yourself and your latest projects?
1: Yes, yeah, certainly. Well, thank you for such a, a warm welcome. Uh, it's really good to be chatting to you today. I guess for me, it's uh, it, it started really when I sailed around the world uh, back in 2000. So I sailed the wrong way uh, around the world. So it's 32,000 miles going against the, the spin of the earth. So it's against prevailing winds and, and tides. And following that time, I've worked with leading teams and training teams uh, in some quite challenging Uh, ocean environments Uh, and then what I've done is I I, I use my academic background in psychology and philosophy to make some academic sense from those practical lessons and those practical lessons come together in uh, one of my presentations uh, leading from within Mm -hmm. where we look at the tenets of the four teamwork uh, of of the, the, the four tenets of teamwork leadership communication and fun so there's the there's a practical side of sailing still very much enjoy the sailing uh, we're more than welcome to come and join us, Oscar. We've got some exciting trips in the Caribbean, uh, up in the Nordics, in your neck of the woods, uh, wow. and around the UK. <laughs> and also work delivering uh, soft skills, so working with teams and leaders in a in a shore based environment. As a trainer and facilitator, working with working with the teams and, and working with leaders, looking at how people can uh, can achieve their best, or so working with some speakers to look at how people can can deliver the results they're they're looking for. And uh, really, really enjoy working with people and, and working with teams.
0: Awesome. And since when you speak in public?
1: Well, I guess it all started. I've always been quite happy uh, speaking in uh, in public <laughs> and speaking with people. So, one of my earliest memories actually is from when um, I left primary school. So, I uh, must have been sort of 10, 10 11 years old, uh, and being invited to speak at Chichester Cathedral. Uh, and I have this vivid memory of the of the place being packed it felt like there were sort of five six hundred uh, fellow students and and parents and, and adults packed into this cathedral um and so I remember the feeling then of, of, of reaching out and and speaking and having that uh, that sort of nervous uh, anticipation of, of speaking to a large group of people I've always been quite comfortable with that and it's, it's always a challenge that I I, I aspire to and I think back. I've always been like, for example, at, at schools and at primary school was uh, was always sort of the narrator, uh, sort of narrating the nativity play, and uh, through leading teams and being on the water um, in sort of a leadership capacity. Again, that public speaking, where being that clear and concise mm-hmm. uh, of of what it is we're trying to achieve and sharing the vision has always been been really important. Uh, and then in terms of the actual stage and my um, sort of motivational. Leadership speaking product. Uh, I was invited to speak as a, as a civilian speaker at the British Army Officer Training School Sandhurst, uh, where I then sort of brought together the the first brought together the four tenets of teamwork, leadership, communication, and fun. So since my uh, since as long as I can remember, Oscar, it's been in my been in my bones for for as long as I can remember.
0: <laughs> All right, it has been forever. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, awesome, Adam! Well, now we're going to discuss about how to handle Q and A session, and let's let's get start putting examples. and Could you tell us from your experience what are the the worst mistakes you you found in Q and A sessions?
1: It's funny. I've, I've given some thought actually to the uh, to both the the good and bad, and I think it's as much as when things go wrong as how well people recover. Mm-hmm. Uh, And there was a, the the one that stands out was actually Bill Gates. Uh, And it's worth, it's worth a look on YouTube where Mm -hmm. they launched windows 98. And as they launched windows 98, the screen appeared with the the windows 98 screen. And then suddenly on this world launch, the blue screen of of death (laughs) appeared and Bill Gates was on stage. And I guess they had their lead technical guy who was demonstrating the kit and what should have been an absolute disaster, Bill Gates, an absolute credit to the guy, came back and, and the, the technical guy sort of came a bit flustered and said, sort of went to brush it under the carpet. But Bill Gates just simply turned around and said, I guess that's why we're not shipping it yet.
0: <laughs>
1: and it was just as much to, to turn the situation around. So it's, it's when things go, go wrong or they feel they're not particularly going as you, as you had expected Let's just sort of stand and think. How can we? How can we turn it around? I very much think the Q and A session should be almost like the highlight. It's the bit that, that as a speaker, you, you really look forward to because it's the opportunity for for the audience to interact and for you mm-hmm. to get an understanding for how well you've communica- communicated your point, and for them to sort of do that do that interaction. I think as long as you've done your prep and you know your your subject area, there's there's very little to fear. I mean, there was a situation when I can think back to I saw uh, three company executives, and they were speaking uh, on the topic on what their companies, what their respective companies were doing in terms of being environmentally friendly. And at the end, it came to the Q&A session, and the question was asked of them, what are they actually doing personally in their in their own personal lives what are they doing to, you know, to save the planet mm-hmm. and they were flustered and it was it was interesting they, they they sort of tried to bluff an answer and it was interesting because of, of the three only one of them sort of paused drew breath and and res- responded with a question uh, with with an answer to the question that was something like that's a, that's a really good question and it's one that highlights that we can all do a little bit more in our personal lives to make a big difference. And it was it was a way of, although the question was something that was out of the field of what they were expecting, but just taking a breath by pausing, just pause for three seconds, have a deep breath, and then respond. And respond in an open and, and honest manner, and the whole situation can the whole situation can change.
0: Yeah, sometimes even simple questions can be the hardest ones to answer. <laughs>
1: I think it's important with, as you go through it's 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 as much to try and stay stay on point so to go back and and repeat the question or if you're not sure if you've mm-hmm. actually got the, the, the right the, the right answer if you're not quite sure just just go back to the questioner and say look have I am I is that the kind of thing that you meant is is that the area where you were you were thinking and have it as a conversation so it's not just about the audience standing on one side and the speaker or speakers standing on the other, but having it as a, as a conversation, as a, as a dialogue, as an opportunity for, again, for the speaker to learn as much as what their product is, uh, as it is for the, for the audience to learn about the topic that the speaker is discussing.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Conversation. That's a good, uh, that's a good way to approach it because you can, you can approach it as an interrogation, right? <laughs> yeah. And you will more probably go with the, to the wrong attitude, right?
1: Well, I think attitude and mindset is really important, Oscar. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's absolutely, absolutely key. If, if you go in with the, the right mindset and the right feeling, then that will come through. If you go in with the right mindset and the right feeling, that will come through in, in what you speak and how you say it. So, for example, if you go to if, if you if you were going to listen to a speaker, and you were going to 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 look at someone, then who would you rather listen to? Would you rather listen to someone that was projecting, "This is awful. I'm going to be rubbish. I'm going to do really badly," or mm. would you rather listen to someone that's kind of of a mindset that thinks, "You know what? I'm I'm actually quite nervous. It's it's oddly exciting, and I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna give it my best shot." Mm. And it's that mindset about what you know we are what we project
0: and now you gave already some some good points good tips for that and if you could uh, summarize what are the main points on your if you see in a more strategic way to get prepared for q a session how would you summarize the main points
1: i think there's a, a great quote on on preparation actually uh it was president eisenhower that said in preparing for battle i've always found that plans are useless but that planning is indispensable and I think mm. in, in that way it's, it's doing the prep as, as soon as you start the, the best plans it may not go exactly as you're expecting or the questions may not be asked exactly what you're expecting but if you've done your prep you've done your background reading you, you know your subject if you've been invited to go and speak in a certain area or on a certain topic then you are the expert it's, it's what mm. you do and it's what you do really really well so I would say do your prep and know your subject there's a great expression that that works it comes from my days when i was uh, working full-time on the water and it's the seven p's there's proper prior preparation prevents poor performance so there's six there there is a there is a sixth p that you can a, a, a seventh p that you can pop in um it's it's about just making sure you've done that proper prior preparation if if someone asks you a question and you're not sure what's what's actually being asked, then just just go back and and ask for clarification. Ask for clarification on, on, on if you don't understand what's being asked. Just get that to be you know sort of cleared up a little bit. And as you answer, keep 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 on point. Just go back, keep referring back to the question. I think if if you can have someone moderate the Q and A session, then that's really useful to do so because mm-hmm. as a speaker, it enables you to focus on. On your response and go back to the audience and go back to the, the, the question asker and just check back in with them and it empowers you to have a bit of a relax between questions uh, have a reflection on what what you've said so far and, and to really dial into what the, the what the questions are are saying so i think having someone moderate the q a session if possible is a is a really good thing uh, as much as actually ask when as the audience asks the questions ask them to stand because often if they're sat down, mm-hmm. their voice can be lost in, sure. in a large space. So by asking them to stand, their, their voice will naturally, naturally project more. And as that projects across, it's always worth just repeat the question back. So it's as much as repeat the question back for your own clarity and understanding, but it's possible there will be people, if, for example, you're miked and the audience isn't, then it's possible that there will be members of the audience that haven't heard the question. So by asking the question to stand and, and ask the question um, will help everyone to hear. And by you repeating that question back, that's very, very useful. Um, so I think that's, it's certainly setting some order to the structure. Um, perhaps having someone do the moderation, that's, that's very good. Mm-hmm. Um, and as far as the prep, I think it, it does come back. And I don't just mean prep in terms of knowing the subject. It's about appreciate how powerful the mind is and it's things like we're in actual fact and i truly truly believe that sort of things like exercise and things like yoga help focus the mind so when you do feel those nerves and you feel the anticipation and you feel the anxiety you're in a much much better position to channel and focus the energy to your success and in putting yourself so you can benefit max absolutely benefit from the right kind of feeling and the right kind of aura an example actually i was working with a speaker recently and i gave him the example and said if you think of the pilot the aircraft pilot that landed his plane in the in the hudson river in in new york and he 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 put a plane in he landed and the fact is and the parallel being is how is the feeling that he had as that was all going wrong the actual feeling he was having the fear, the anxiousness, the anticipation, the excitement—how is that feeling any different to to someone that's that's about to go and do a presentation or, or, or a speech? It's that comfort zone—the the, the, the area that the the actual situation may be very very different, but I would contest that the feeling is very much the same. And if you look at it from the pilot's perspective, well, he did what he he, he knew his topic area. He he did what mm-hmm. he did really well, and he he landed the plane on the river and everyone got off safe and sound and to relate that back to the speaking it's about if you know your prep if you know your subject area then you can harness it and focus it into into your own performance excellence
0: mm-hmm. yeah the importance of being uh, of the mindset and mm. being focused in, in, in especially in in difficult situations like like Q and a session
1: yeah i think so i think that's and i think that's the that's often also i guess why it's that, that sense of when people feel that perception. And if you feel the perception to sort of go, how, how am I going to do? I'm going to do well. It's going to be mm-hmm. a great success. Then embrace that. It's, it's really good. That mindset is, is really good. Mm-hmm. If the pilot in the, in, the, in the aircraft, in the Hudson, if his mindset had been, <laughs> it's all doomed, it's all doomed, it's all going to end badly for us, would that have affected the outcome?
0: <laughs> Absolutely.
1: It, and it's it's that whole thing and you can you can choose your mindset you can choose your approach mm mm-hmm.
0: Adam I mean what happened if there is a heckler or someone who is really intentionally host- hostile against you
1: well I think it's I think it's one of those things it's it's again I guess it comes to some of it being it's about the perception if someone really is heckling you mm. and, and and in all likelihood if you're not a comedian or you, you're not going on stage in that manner I think if, if someone really has issue with what you're saying, then you need to allow for the fact that you, you're actually doing your job as a speaker. In some respect, you, you, something you're saying is, is causing an emotional response within some areas of your audience. So I think it, it, in that scenario, I think it's about breathe and relax. It's, it's about just 99.9% of all audiences. They want the speakers to succeed. Sure. And you know, everyone's backing you. Everyone's backing you. No one's, enjoy sitting around and watching people suffer no one <laughs> you know they want they're on your side they want you to do well and i think it's really important to to remember that and if you don't know the answer to a question or you're not sure then just say oh, i'm not actually sure let me come back to you on that in the same way if someone's persistent and they're sort of saying um you know they're not happy or or they're expressing displeasure then well, if, if need be, politely move on and, and suggest that you carry the conversation on after you finish speaking. I think throughout the whole thing, just, just be open and honest mm. and just just embrace it. Look forward to the Q&A session. Breathe. Relax. I think it's, it's only going to be difficult if you choose the Q&A session. If you, if you choose it to be a success, then it, it will be. And I think it's quite natural for us all to feel a sense of fear of the unknown. When we don't know something or it's a new feeling, it's a natural response to feel feel a sense of fear. And that's that's fine. There's nothing wrong with that. It's a really, really good thing to have because it just shows that you're human.
0: Yes.
1: (laughs) And of course what we can do is we can allow for the fact that knowledge dispels fear. So the more we do and the more we we get in touch with our with our own feeling side and our own our own awareness, the more we can actually do, the more knowledge we have and that helps just dispel the sense of fear. And it comes back, if you know your topic and you've done your homework, then really what is there to be afraid of? You've you've got the opportunity to share your knowledge of of your specialised area. And quite often, I mean, people will relax. You'll see people physically relax in the the Q&A session because that's where they have the opportunity just to respond. And I think in the eventuality of of actually having a a full-blown proper heckler, just breathe, relax. And, and if need be, carry the conversation on at a at another time.
0: Mm-hmm. You already mentioned this it would be a good idea if someone moderates the Q and A. But mm-hmm. what happens if you have the the show is the, the let's say the the organizer tells you, okay, you're going to have a talk and there will be a and A session. My question here, and I heard different comments um, opinion about this. What is the best moment to have the the Q and A? Maybe after. So you you close the talk with the Q and A, or you or you end the talk and then the Q and
1: think it's a that's a really good question, and I, I don't think there's a one answer fits all. So I think depending on the size of the group, depending how much time you have, depending on the the the, the venue in which you're speaking then it, it will change. If you're if you're speaking, if you're delivering a, a pitch or a presentation to four or five people and time isn't an issue, then well, perhaps you can invite questions as you go or invite comments and, and, uh, and observations as you go. If you're speaking to 2,000 people, then having an open discussion as you go is going to be a lot less harder to manage mm. because the, 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 the thing will overwhelm. So I think as far as timings, I, I would speak to the organisers. Speak, speak to an audience, get, get a feel for the number of people in the audience. Um, it might be, in terms of a strict Q&A session, it's, it might be that it's sort of arranging at the end. So, for example, if you've got, um, I'd say, 60 minutes to, to present, then just just chat with the organisers and find out what it is they're actually looking for. They're looking for about sort of 45 minutes of, of, mm-hmm. of, of speaking and allowing for uh, sort of 10, 15 minutes of, of Q&A. And that might work very well, and it might be that there's opportunity to invite thoughts and input from the audience. There might be sort of little bits where you can get audience interaction as you go, and, and just sort of get a, a litmus feel for for that whole generation, and get a feel for from, from the audience. Um, I mean, perhaps if if it is something that you're you're not sure, you can always invite audience members to to make notes of any questions, and then at the end of the allotted speaking time, say if it's about 45 minutes, actually then encourage them to, to ask those questions at the end. So as, as, mm. as you go, then there's, there's, it just enables there to be a lot more, more prep. Um, so I think it's, it's that whole, whole thing of the sense of awareness. I mean, certainly I, I, when I'm working with speakers um, and coaching them before they, they go and do their, their, their presentations, I'll often look to, to, to encourage spots and actually manage spots within the presentation where they can seek feedback and acknowledgement from the audience as they go. So it might just be sort of an open question to, to encourage some nodding and some interaction from the audience. And that then helps when it comes to the Q and A, the audience are already involved. They're already a part of your, your presentation, what you're saying. Mm -hmm. So I guess the short answer Oscar would be a little bit dependent on size of audience, personal preference and, and time constraints, and just, just being prepared to to adapt to the to the situation as required.
0: Hmm. Well, you said there are, there are many ways to to handle this. How to how to organize and which part of the of the speech to the Q and A. And yeah, great ideas.
1: So I think having it as a uh, just as an option, and and just bear in mind that there's there is more than one option. Mm-hmm. but then of course there's always going to be more than one kind of audience there's always more than yeah. one boom so without sort of having an absolute pre-described thing because everything's mm-hmm. going to be slightly different each time it might be that some presentations if you're doing them repeatedly in actual fact it might just work better where you uh, you allow for some questions at the mm-hmm. end um with a little bit of interaction as you go so i i think it's, it's look at, the look at the, all the different variables and have a sense and a feel for, for what, what works best for you.
0: Mm-hmm. Adam, I was thinking if there are some, something that you can learn, some skills, uh, not so, uh, not directly connected with the speaking, the communication skills that you can learn and can be beneficial for, for handling this situation. Like you, and you mentioned Ray really Yoga, right? I was thinking of, uh, like improv, how to, um, improvise what skills do you, do you think can be beneficial to learn
1: I think it's, it's a, a good thing to, in this sense of sort of the Q&A and the presentation that we spoke, we're talking about t- today I think sort of separate the hard skills and the soft skills so the hard mm-hmm. skills would be things like going to do a stand-up comedy course or the improv mm-hmm. course or um, an open mic night all of which are are, are invaluable and um, they will offer a sense of experience. I think from a soft skill perspective, I think it's really important just to dial back into that level of self-awareness, to, to, to take ownership of the feeling. So through increasing your self-awareness and increasing your own understanding, then there's a much greater awareness of our own emotional well-being. And so with that, that's in a case as when you go to do your, your presentation, then you can get a, you can clock in and kind of go, this is, this is a feeling. Okay, I recognize where I am. I can manage this and, and, I can, and, and I can direct this. So with a little bit of knowledge, a little bit of understanding of how you feel anxious and how you feel nervous and, and how you can manage your fear, you, you can direct it. And it, it comes back to all being kind of okay. It's all perfectly okay. And things like the improv sessions and, and things like removing yourself out of your comfort zone help you get used to, to that feeling. And I don't think necessarily you need to go in and do an improv, but I think you, you can do things that would be, a, that just feel a little bit awkward. Just to present it back to your family and present it back to your friends or perhaps go and stand in the middle of a car park. I did some work with a, with, a, with a friend of mine and we, we, we went, we stood them in the middle of the car park and, and they, they presented to, to cars and shoppers simply because it was just, it was just beginning to take ownership of that feeling. You know, we arranged a film crew, the cameraman and sound man to record them doing their presentation in the park simply again so they could just get used to projecting their voice and they could get used to that feeling. So when it came to actually doing the presentation itself, because they'd already been there and they'd already experienced um, those feelings of, of nervousness and those feelings of fear, the anxiousness and how the... The, the tummy all goes creasing up, and the butterflies—they were that much more empowered because it was just a natural feeling, and it's—it's it's an odd feeling, um, but I think once you've once you've got used to it, you, you can manage it a little bit, and I think once you've got that sense, it becomes almost like a, a friend that builds with you. So I, I would say embrace that, and anything like improv, anything like that, any soft skills, any development of understanding your own. Mm. Uh, emotional well-being and your own self-awareness is absolutely critical and then it comes back to you owning the feeling and i guess at the same point ask you if you if you're feeling that sort of nerves and anticipation depending on the topic of what you're you're speaking about i mean consider how the audience might be feeling mm-hmm. I, was, I was speaking to someone fairly recently and, and we were looking at how there was a speaker who was needing to go and they felt ever so nervous and ever so fearful And they were speaking to their company uh, about redundancies and a significant number of of people were looking at at losing their jobs. And a different position, a different perception of that was, well, look, how how are the audience feeling? Because if you're feeling nervous about doing the speech, that's one thing, but the the audience are actually sat there worried about if they're going to have a job the next morning. Mm. And in actual fact, looking at where the audience might be and actually coming back to just having that sense of being open and having the sense of the openness, the honesty with, with both yourself and the audience and doing as much as you can just to increase your own uh, your own self-awareness and your own feeling. And that's sometimes things like improv or staying in a car park or presenting back to your friends and family or in a bar or in a restaurant. But just doing these things that just, just help you get used to the feeling.
0: Mm-hmm. Well, excellent examples, uh, these cases that you mentioned, and yes, the key is um, the both sides, right? There's hard skills and the soft skills. So take care of both for not only for Q and A, but for any situation in in public speaking. Adam, could you now share with us your favorite quotation?
1: The there's one from Churchill, actually, mm-hmm. I think, which we can, which I, which, which I think is quite nice, uh, and it relates nicely to the. Um, to, to the sense of, of, of speaking. And I think the word here is enthusiasm and it's the word here is also perception. But so Churchill said success is the ability to go from one failure to another without loss of enthusiasm. And so it's that mindset it's, it's have things gone well, have they not? Was it a failure? Really? Well, <laughs> no, actually it wasn't. And it's, it comes back to the self-awareness, but I think, and that applies in not just to speaking, but that just applies across the board. Just keep, keep that mindset, choose the mindset, enjoy what you're doing and, and, and really embrace it.
0: Yeah. Great quotation. (laughs) Now, could you recommend us one book that for you has been particularly influential or inspiring?
1: Yeah. I'm not sure I'd I'd put this as a recommend, um, Mm -hmm. than an essential read. Yeah. (laughs) Um, and I think it, it summarizes an awful lot, um, it's, uh, it's a book called Shackleton's Way uh, about um, the explorer, Ernest Shackleton. And it, it, it comes back to incredible strength in terms of leadership, uh, an incredible strength in, in terms of resilience and and mindset. And it's, are you familiar with, with Shackleton, Oscar?
0: Well, actually not.
1: So Shackleton was a, was a, 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 a British explorer. Mm. and he put an advert in the in the newspaper in in about sort of 1910 sort of time uh, and the advert basically read wanted men uh, long hours dangerous situations squalid living conditions chance of survival low and it was set out to be the the first person to, to make it to the south pole mm. and what actually happened was they sailed down to the antarctic uh, they ended up with a Ship being caught in the ice, and the ship then effectively sinking beneath the ice oh. uh, and Shackleton led his led his men uh, across the ice and um, where they should have all perished um, in in one of the most if not the most um, sort of dangerous and and harsh environments they actually succeeded. So I'd recommend Shackleton's way. it's, it's a story about hope, belief, of incredible leadership. and um, I think if you can learn the lessons from Shackleton, you can apply it to everything. And if you read the Shackleton book and look at things in terms of perspective, if you have to go and do a presentation, then I think with perspective, you can find it considerably easier.
0: Hmm. Oh, sounds really fascinating. Adam, now could you recommend us an exercise, something practical that you think we could do it daily or weekly as a routine to shine?
1: As a routine to shine, I think it comes back to. Um, Probably, I'd say just just keep yourself physically, mentally, and emotionally fit. I think just it's a simple um, from from a physical. So it was um, uh, J.F. Kennedy that said, "Physical fitness is not only one of the most important keys to a healthy body; it is the basis of dynamic and creative intellectual ability." And by keeping yourself active, mentally, physically, and emotionally, I think that's really important in terms of speaking. Think about your posture. Think about how you stand. Think about how you sit. Think about how you project. And by focusing on, on, on these areas, do your regular exercise, uh, think about how you answer the phone. I think this will then actually slot into um, where where you are and where you are going to perform and where you're going to shine. You don't have to be the best. I, I generally don't think you have to be the best. But what you can be is just a little bit better than you
0: were yesterday. Mm. Yes. Great words. Yeah, <laughs> definitely. <laughs> yeah, it's correct what you said. Uh, sometimes we forget uh, because speaking can be can be thought as something intellectual, right? But uh, your body has to be really in good shape. Not like an athlete, of course, but hmm? in, yeah, in good I mean, shape. <laughs> you
1: don't have to be sort of um, ready to go and run, uh, run 100 metres and, mm. and beat the Jamaicans. Um, but, uh, <laughs> I think just... just just enough, just, just do do what it is that your body can accept and just find 10, 15 minutes, just, just walk and I think it's great practice and before you, certainly before you speak, I think it's great just to, to find 10, 15 minutes to go calm the head just before you go on, if you can find the time just to, to go walk around the building or find an outside bit and just find a quiet spot and just focus on your breathing relax your breathing, relax your breath and And just start to relax your mindset just before you before you speak, and if you build this into part of your practice, you start to anchor that feeling of of success and positivity.
0: Thank you very much, Adam, for this interview. It's been really lot of uh, excellent piece of advice, a lot of stories and even several quotes I like a lot what what you uh, I'm definitely going to use this when I have next time I have the q and a's and i I'm sure. Everybody who is listening to this podcast also will, will put this in practice. Mm-hmm. Thanks a lot for the interview. Could you finally tell us how can we learn more about you, follow you? What are the best ways to, to know what you're doing?
1: Well, so the, uh, Twitter is a, is a very good medium. Um, so there's Twitter and uh, my so web page is currently um, on the, in the process of being redeveloped at the moment. So my, uh, my Twitter is uh, at Adam Tufnell. Um, I'll spell that. So it's A D A M. So Alpha, Delta, Alpha, Mike. And Tufnell, T U F F, N for November, E L L L. So it's Tango, Uniform, Foxtrot, Foxtrot, November, Echo, Lima, Lima. So it's at Adam Tufnell. Uh, and my webpage is uh, adamtufnell.co.uk uh, or, or indeed LinkedIn. LinkedIn is a, a, a great mm-hmm. medium. So I certainly would love to hear from anyone that's um that's doing their QA or or, or doing their prep for the presentation and, and hear how they found it.
0: Well thank you again. Thank you very much Adam for the interview and well I wish you all the best.
1: Perfect. Thank you, Oscar. Thank you very much. <laughs>
0: thank you. Bye bye. Bye bye. Dear listeners of Time to Shine, this is the end of today's episode. If you like our show Please subscribe to our podcast in iTunes, Stitcher or for more information visit our website www.timetoshinepodcast.com Welcome to listen to us again next week.